What up, world? Pass first point guard and Blazer beat writer Mike Richmond. You listen to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra at only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Player of the Week coming later in this episode. Got a fun show for you today. We're about 17 hours away from the NBA trade deadline as I record this after 7 p.m. on a Wednesday evening. So I want to whip around the league, talk about what's happening on the on the trade front, what the latest sort of news and rumors are. But I recognize that this episode has a shelf life. So uh, I'm going to the trade deadlines tomorrow at noon. I'm going to record a show tomorrow evening. That'll be that'll be Thursday evening. I'm going to post it Thursday evening or Friday morning, depending on sort of when news breaks, et cetera, et cetera. But I'll have a show after the trade deadline. I'll react to all the trades. If the Blazers make a move, obviously you'll you'll hear about it from me i'm not going to short you but i want i want to just sort of recognize that if you're listening to this and the blazers have made a move and i don't talk about it it's just a timing thing i it's this is the problem with the daily podcast i tried to wait till later in the day so if any moves did go down we could kind of update on it but this is this is going to live for a short period but I hope hopefully a wonderful period and hope hopefully you get to it and it um gives you the information you want so it, it, it for now this lives and it's wonderful. So I want to just whip around the league, talk about what we're seeing from uh, NBA teams ahead of ahead of the deadline, the latest news from from reporters, etc., how that impacts the Blazers, where the Blazers stand. And then I want to close the show telling you my favorite Blazers trade deadline story. Uh, I it's it's a story that involves Evan Turner, and he told me back back in the day. So we'll sort of revisit what it's like to be on the trade block through the eyes of Evan Turner uh, to close out the show. But let's let's talk news in the first in the first little bit. What the the big news, like sort of like the big news. This isn't news, but the the headline that is making the uh, aggregation blog circuit is that Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN on ESPN's trade deadline show with Zach Lowe that was on uh, Wednesday afternoon. Uh, Woj. Uh, and Woj told Zach Lowe and told the world that Portland has been very active, quote, at the deadline, very active. And here's here's the continuing quote from Woj. They've used some picks in some trades here in the last several months, the Robert Covington deal with Houston that they did before the season. But this is a team in Portland that, as you said, they start to get their guys back. I think if you look at these at those perimeter players out there, a Norman Powell, even Oladipo on a rental, they have the assets in Portland if they decide that they want to get involved, especially with someone in a rental situation. So that's a little bit surprising to me because those are not those are names obviously that have been on the trade sort of in the trade wins, right? Like Victor Oladipo is almost certainly going to get traded from the Houston Rockets, Norman Powell, a personal a personal favorite of this very podcast host, but sounds like he is somewhat likely to be traded away from the Toronto Raptors. Although I just finished watching the Raptors game tonight and they looked incredible. It looks like a good basketball team. So if that was the last game for Kyle Lowry and Norman Powell in uh, Toronto, at least they you know, did the Blazers a solid and beat the snot out of the Nuggets. But I think that's interesting from Woj is that the Blazers have been connected to um, short-term uh, guards, like rent rental guards, guys who are going to hit free agency this summer and the Blazers would basically get, you know, a couple months out of. Uh, obviously, the... I don't. I don't really see how an Oladipo deal works. It seems hard to get there. He's he's twenty one million dollar salary, so um, that might involve several teams and the Blazers doing some do, making some magic work. But I I don't. To me, I'm having a hard time figuring out how that one works exactly. Norm Powell, a little bit less money. He's only making like 
just north of or just just south of eleven million dollars a year, ten point eight million dollars a season. So that's a Rodney Hood deal. That's a Rodney Hood trade away from uh, from going down. Obviously, you'd have to include more than that instead of like concocting trade machine trades. Uh, I'll just say that. The thing that I think the Blazers have kind of lacked on offense and the thing that I think that Gary Trent Jr. doesn't bring them as valuable as he is. And you kind of think like if if the Blazers make a trade, Gary Trent is like for a player of that caliber. Gary Trent is the piece you send out. He's the he's the sort of he's the best prospect they have. Right. Uh, And getting his bird rights could be valuable to a team if they want to pay him down the line. Obviously, he doesn't make that much money under two million dollars, like a million and a half bucks. So you have to include him with other players like Rodney Hood or Zach Collins. And those aren't particularly sexy assets. But what what Oladipo in theory, although I'm not at I'm not a huge fan of his game, but Norman Powell for sure brings that Hood doesn't is a downhill scorer. And I think that's the thing the Blazers really lack. A lot of uh, listeners have said like, hey, there's let's 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 get another point guard in this roster, a table setter, someone to help the Blazers pass the ball more. And I don't I don't see that as the thing that is going to sort of unlock the offense. Um, I think having a bunch of non-passers makes this team not very likely to pass. Uh, you know, their best player wants to dribble the ball. Their second best player wants to dribble the ball. Their third best scorer wants to dribble the ball. And Gary Trent, their fourth best scorer, and Carmelo Anthony wants to dribble the ball. All these dudes want to pound the rock and shoot. Like, they don't want to pass. They're not playmakers. It's not their sort of natural, their natural way. And that's fine. The Blazers are a good but not aesthetically pleasing offense and sometimes they can get bogged down in too much isolation so what I think adding a guy like Norm Powell specifically would do to this team is get another downhill attacker Norm isn't this like elite isolation scorer but he can score at all three levels he's a really good athlete he can get to the rim and will get downhill and get to the rim he can really shoot it um I'm a Norm Powell fan like uh he doesn't answer the Blazers sort of fundamental question like how does this team get better on defense but I'm not sure that there's a wing out there that the Blazers could conceivably get we'll talk about this more in the second segment that's going to that's going to raise their defensive uh, floor that much. So this addresses sort of uh, a skill set that they're lacking with their already pretty potent offense. Uh, Norm is a better basketball player than Gary Trent Jr. He's not younger and he's not cheaper. And maybe the Raptors, you know, in a theory, they could want to go in a direction where they get Gary Trent Jr. out a cheaper player who can really shoot it into the future, right? And and get a draft pick for Norm who's going to leave anyways. Maybe that's maybe that's the move, right? Uh but Norm's a better Norm is better a much better basketball player right now than Gary Trent is. Will Norman Powell be a better basketball player in 2 years than Gary Trent? <laughs> that's the risk you're you're playing, but but I think would he, would Norm help? Yes. Would that does does he does he can he play next to Damon CJ on on at small forward? Yeah, it's weird, right? It's not a great fit. He's not super big. The same with Oladipo. Although I'm not talking much about Oladipo because I don't I, I just can't quite see how the money works. But Norm is like a he's like I think he's listed at six four on the roster, but he's he's not six foot four. He's like a he's like when Damon used to be listed at six four. Uh, he's he's six three, um, but he's he's tough. Uh, he can he he has guarded th- uh, threes in the past. He's the same issue as Gary. He doesn't. It's the same thing. It's like you're a little bit small in the wings, but he's a better he's a better offensive player than Gary Trent Jr. is, um, and he provides that sort of downhill threat that they don't have. So the Blazers have you know active and have been linked to these guys that would be rentals. Um, if you know, this would be getting. The right to pay Norman Powell, although um, it wouldn't necessarily, I don't, I can't see the Blazers giving him like a big money deal, but I think that could be, that that could be an interesting option. Uh, also on this same sort of front, uh, Mark Stein reported that the number of teams to express interest in Toronto's Norman Powell, according to one educated estimate on trade deadline eve, 
is in the teens. That's a that's a tweet I'm reading from e, uh, ESPN, formerly ESPN, the New York Times is Mark Stein. So to me, like after I did all this talking about how Norman Powell would help just because I'm a Norman Powell fan and I want to talk about it a little bit. Um, it seems like there's going to be a lot of offers. Seems like there's going to be a lot of offers. I mean, of course, teams in the teens. Like, of course, half the league has checked in on Norman Powell. He's a very good basketball player who's reportedly going to be, uh, who's reportedly on the trade front. And like, much like Gary Trent, I was talking about like getting his restri- getting his bird rights and being able to go over the cap to sign him is the best way for a lot of teams to improve who don't have who will not have salary cap space this summer. Portland Trail. Excuse me, Portland Trailblazers included. So that seems to be the news from Woj and Stein and and Zach Lowe in there too. Uh, Blazers are active. You expect them to be active. You expect them to be on the phones. They're a team that needs to get better if they want to get to the place they want to get to. It's not exactly an easy easy path. Um, I don't know if they're likely to make a trade. I think they're relatively unlikely to swing a trade for any of the names I mentioned, um, just because if there's a lot of suitors for Norman Powell, you imagine someone else can kind of sweeten the deal depending on what Toronto is after, uh, or they can leverage for more stuff and the Blazers kind of at some point capped out with what more stuff looks like. Uh, you know, Oladipo is going to be a name that draws at least some interest from teams, certainly. Uh, and, and, and the Blazers, I'm going to talk about this in the second segment, but they, they're probably out on some of the bigger names like, like Aaron Gordon. So, of course, they're working the phones. Of course, they're being active. I think this is what you'd expect. I don't think that's sort of breaking news, but there are some specifics on maybe what the Blazers are interested in or what the Blazers are kind of peeking at, you know? Um, also, like, Woj gets Blazer news. Like, he gets he he gets stuff from the team. So if he says it, it's, it's real. I mean, obviously, you're going to trust whatever Woj says, but, like, he says it's real, and also I think that um, there's a reason why it... I'll say it like that. There's a reason why it's out there. Um, the... the the Blazers are being active and Woj is telling you that they're being active. I think um, you can connect the dots why that might be something they want out in public. In the second segment, I want to talk about Aaron Gordon, the latest with him. The Blazers have been linked to him for a while. Let's talk about kind of like what what's the deal with, with AG, the only other active double zero in the league along with Carmelo Anthony. That's just a fun little thing. There's a fun little factoid for you. We'll talk about AG in the, in the, uh, in the second segment. But, but first... I want to tell y'all about the Michelob Ultra Player of the Week. And this week, I am nominating none other than Rodney Hood. Rodney Hood may very well have played his last game for the Portland Trailblazers. He's, if the Blazers are going to make a trade, Rodney might be out the door. But that doesn't mean that Rodney Hood hasn't brought me a great deal of joy and enjoyment and probably brought you a great deal of, of joy and happiness in his uh, two seasons in Portland. And some change. <laughs> Listen. Michelob Ultra wants you to know that it's only worth it if you enjoy it. And what Rodney Hood during, did during the 2019 NBA playoffs was the epitome of joy. And look, I know that Rodney Hood hasn't been very good this year, but as, as a reporter, I have really appreciated getting to know Rodney Hood the person, Rodney Hood the man. And for me, uh, getting to know these guys, getting to, you know, being around the team and getting to know these guys as people is really... Um, it's it's what makes this entertaining and fun. Like the humans that make up the team is more fun to me than the stats, even though I'm a box score nerd. And Michelob Ultra agrees. Enjoyment isn't the end game, it's the whole game. And so Rodney Hood, you know, if this is it for you, let's let's go out with an award. The Ultra Player of the Week. Because the question is, are you happy because you win or do you win because you're happy? 
Today's show is also brought to you by Paramount Plus. March Madness has returned and Paramount Plus has the games you won't want to miss. You can watch CBS games live on Paramount Plus, including the Final Four and the National Championship game on April 5th. Paramount Plus is also the home to year-round sports, including the Masters, PGA Championship, UEFA, Champions League, Europa League, the NFL, and more. Plus, you get breaking news, expert picks, and highlights from all your favorite teams with CBS Sports HQ, a 24-7 sports network. So visit ParamountPlus.com before March 31st to receive a one-month free trial of Paramount Plus. That's ParamountPlus.com to receive a one-month free trial of Paramount Plus. ParamountPlus.com. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. So follow Locked On Today wherever you already get podcasts. All right, we talked about the Blazers being active at the de- at the deadline or ahead of the deadline. I should have said this in the first segment, but you already know. Nothing has happened. Like, nothing has happened in the league. There's basically been one trade. Uh, the, the Clippers traded away a former first-round pick for a protected second-round pick in cash to the Kings. Like maybe you didn't have me Fondu Cabangele on your on your big board of like important draft uh, important trade targets, but he's he's the first name off the board, the first name to move as as the uh, Clippers you know move salary around for maybe a future future flexibility and adding adding upgrades to the roster. But there hasn't really nothing's really happened in the league yet. Like as I'm recording this, uh, we've now hit about seven thirty on on Wednesday, March twenty fourth. Uh, n- nothing has happened, but the NBA is a deadline league. Uh, I don't think the idea that nothing has happened yet means nothing will happen. I've talked about this a bunch on the podcast prior, but like there aren't, there are not a lot of sellers. Uh, sounds like Houston is going to be a seller. Orlando wants to be a seller. Oklahoma City with their uh, <laughs> veterans, they want to sell off, you know, George Hill, Al Horford if they can. Uh, OKC announced today that Shea Jules Alexander is going to be shut down for um, an extended period of time because that team is simply too good. They, they need to lose games. So they got to um, they got to have SGA, not, you know, not play in some games in order to lose. But I, I think, you know, those are the teams who are selling. And it's like it doesn't sound like the Kings are going to be sellers. Sounds like Harrison Barnes, Woj reported this. Sounds like Harrison Barnes is like is not going anywhere. The Kings are going to hold on to him. He was a name that a lot of people had linked. But if teams like that, you know, if like a team sort of out of the race like Sacramento isn't going to sell, then the teams that are at the top, the upper echelon, aren't necessarily going to be buyers. And if more, if some of the bigger names like Andre Drummond and LaMarcus Aldridge are likely to hit the buyout market, then there just, there isn't going to be this flurry of deals yet. But there might be that like the league is a deadline league. I think the three hours from, you know, 9 a.m. to noon tomorrow, West Coast time or wherever you're listening um, to this, uh, that that range, it, it's it's I think that's when the action happens. So I, I don't think nothing is going to happen. In fact, uh, Adrian Wojnarowski said on that same deadline show that uh, that the Magic are going to trade Aaron Gordon. And eventually, they're just going to take the best offer that's on the table and they're going to trade him. It's just he's the big name everyone's after. And it's they're gonna wait until you know until they get to eleven thirty West Coast time or whatever, uh, you know, two thirty in the afternoon in in Orlando, and say, okay, here's the deal we have, let's go for it. 
there, it's going to be a deadline move. That's that's that is my read on the situation. It also sounds like John Collins in Atlanta is staying put. Um, there's just there are less sellers at this deadline. It doesn't mean there'll be no action, but it means that I I think it's really going to come late. The fireworks are going to come late because there are just so few teams that are moving, and it's so specific. Sort of who's going to move. Those things are going to come together. Teams are going to you know jockey for leverage until that time. But speaking of Aaron Gordon, the Magic. This is a name that the Blazers have been tied to a bunch. I like the idea of the Blazers trading for Aaron Gordon. I would probably give up Gary Trent Jr. pretty quickly in a trade for Aaron Gordon. Um, I think he fits the long-term roster better. I think he's a better defensive player. I think pairing him with a point guard, a competent NBA point guard, could really unlock a lot of um, a lot of his troubles. I, my big complaint about Aaron Gordon is that he's he's like too good at too many things. So he tries to dribble around. He can you know he can kind of shoot. So he shoots like some shots he shouldn't. He can handle the rock. So he comes off pick and rolls and does crazy things. He can pass like he's a pretty good passer. But he kind of um, tries to be more of a facilitator than he's capable of. I think in a specific role with a really good point guard, he could use all of those skills in sort of small specific ways to be a good basketball player. Like I, I think he's good. I'm, I'm a believer in Aaron Gordon. Um, we may have sort of blazer land and maybe the NBA world has maybe gone too far on being Aaron Gordon zealots and the idea that he's like this piece that if the blazers add him, they will be championship contenders. I don't, I'm not under that impression, but there'll be a better basketball team if they add him, but it, it doesn't sound like the blazers are the spot that he's going to end up on Monday. Chris Haynes of Yahoo Sports said, or reported rather, that talks between Portland and Orlando have basically stalled, and it's it might that might be that. You know, things can fall apart and then come back together quickly. Like I said, it's a deadline league. If 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 the if the Magic don't get what they want from other teams, they may come back to the Blazers and say, "Hey, okay, you would you throw Gary Trent Jr. in there, or et cetera, et cetera." Uh, it's it, the Blazers have been linked to Aaron Gordon in the past. I think there's like. There's some circumstantial evidence that suggests that he's been on Damian Lillard's wish list for a long time. Uh, I think my reading of the tea leaves is that the Blazers preferred Aaron Gordon this summer and couldn't pry him away from Orlando and settled for Robert Covington. Um, perhaps Covington has been a better fit. I think Aaron Gordon's a better overall basketball player, but I, like Gordon, Gordon has been on the wish list for a long time. Um, it's it seems pretty clear. So the idea that the Blazers, you know, if they have the talks have stalled out Monday, there's no reason to believe they couldn't come back Thursday afternoon, Thursday morning, whatever it is. However, multiple reporters, including Adrian Oski of ESPN and Mark Stein of the New York Times, have reported that basically the Celtics are the front runners. Also, uh, Sam Amick of The Athletic reported this as well, is that the Celtics appear to be front runners for Aaron Gordon. It's, it's, it is, it is Boston's, Boston is in the lead. Boston has the assets, the sort of, you know, relatively intriguing young players, but really draft picks and a giant trade exception, like really the financial way to do it and the draft picks to make it happen um, to acquire Aaron Gordon. So the idea is like, will the Celtics give up two first round picks to acquire Gordon? As of right now, um, Woj reports that that those talks are going to extend in a third day. Like I said, I'm, I'm thinking they extend right up to the deadline, but it seems like it'll be, it'll it seems pretty clear it'll be Boston. It's just what what are they willing to give up? At a at a time it seems like it was going to be Marcus Smart and the and the Celtics were going to absorb both Evan Fournier and uh, Aaron Gordon. Now it seems like maybe the Magic don't want Marcus Smart. Like they just let they just rather have draft picks and move forward with you know young players and and hope for the future. And they don't want to add a veteran as like as decent as Mar- Marcus Smart is to the mix. They're t- maybe 
maybe the Magic are tired of being decent. They've been decent for long enough. You know, they've been kind of mediocre, you know, eighth, seventh, eighth in the East for a few seasons. Maybe it's time to just say, screw it. Let's be bad. Um, they still have Nikola Vucevic. He's really good. So they'll be like kind of competent a lot of nights when Isaac, um, Jonathan Isaac rather comes back. Uh, they're going to be a, they're going to have a really good elite wing. So like, they're not, um, they're not totally blowing it up just yet, but you know, Fournier is heading into free agency. Aaron Gordon has formally requested a trade. I guess he requested a trade sort of earlier on. He said, you know, please trade me. But now just this week, he's been, he had specifically went back to management and said, I, for real, let me out of here. So like I said, sounds like Gordon is gone. Uh, Woj says that they're, the Magic are going to trade him. It's just about what they'll get. And it doesn't seem like the Blazers are at, at this exact moment as I'm recording this. It doesn't seem like the Blazers are, are the team in the mix. So that's what's happening in the league. That's your whip around the NBA for kind of just your quick look at what's at all the latest news. Like I said, th- this this show has a shelf life. I recognize that. It's not what I want. I want this to live on forever, but um, this is the sort of, this is how daily podcasts work. I get it. So, you know, I hope you're listening to this before the trade deadline has happened. I hope you're listening to this right when I publish it on, on Wednesday evening. But if you're not and you're listening to this on Thursday and, and stuff has happened, uh, you know, this is what was going on when I... This is the news as of, you know, Wednesday after 730. I, I wanted, you know, I want to give people the, a quick snapshot of it, but it, it, part of me has is feels this uh, feels a little bit like I'm letting you down that I, this isn't a live radio show where I can react to deals as they happen. We'll do that tomorrow. I promise you. I promise you. All right. I want to come back in the third segment. I want to share my favorite uh, trade deadline story that I've that I've heard. This was a story that Evan Turner shared with me back in the day, uh, not that far back in the day, in, tw- in, uh, in 2017. It's, it's just a classic Evan Turner story, and it kind of gives you a sense of what it's like to be on the trade block as a player. Uh, during this time, basically from right now of the final, you know, 17 hours before before the trades really pop off. So that's what we'll do in the third segment is I will I will take you inside the life of Evan Turner, who who shared with me what it's like to be on the trade block and then get traded. But before we get there, let's talk about Bill Bar. Y'all know Bill Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar in the market. It's High protein, high fiber, low sugar, and low carb. But now it's time to determine what is the best built bar. That's right. It is built bar madness. We're determining who the best the best built bar flavor it is. And we got a fun matchup for you today. It's mint brownie versus coconut puff. For me, I think this mint brownie bar is money, so it's moving on. Uh, coconut puff, though, popular in my household. So if you're if you're a coconut person, you like kind of like a more airy texture, coconut puff might be for you. But for me, it's my podcast. I'm voting for mint brownie to move on. If you want to vote in this in this here poll, there's two ways to do it. You can go to builtbar.com or you can visit them on Twitter at bar underscore built. But you can also just get your hands on some of these delicious bars by using the promo code LOCKED15 at BuiltBar.com. You'll get 15% off your next order. That's LOCKED15 for 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And make sure you check back to see who won today's matchup and who's going to become the best tasting Built Bar ever. All right, let's talk about Bet Online now. Y'all know Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. It's NBA games every night. We're in the midst of the NCAA women's and men's tournaments. Fantastic time to bet on college basketball because there's games happening all the time and they're tons of fun. 
NHL's in full swing. And if you don't want to bet on sports, they got awards, TV shows, reality TV, all that comes with real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news and the scores in real time that you need. Plus, it's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up. So head on over to the website and use that promo code locked on. The website's betonline.ag, by the way. You can do that on your phone or on your computer. And when you do that, when you use that promo code locked on, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. The website is betonline.ag. The promo code is locked on and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Still a pass first point guard, still Mike Richmond, and you're still listening to Locked on Blazers. If you like this show, I'm willing to wager you like the NBA draft. And if you want to get more analysis on the top prospects available in this year's draft, you got to listen to the Locked on NBA Draft podcast. They got scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, full coverage of March Madness coming at you four days a week from credentialed draft experts. So make sure you're sure you subscribe to Locked on NBA Draft wherever you already get podcasts. All right, we talked about the Blazers being active at the trade deadline linked to Norman Powell and Victor Oladipo. We talked about sort of the Aaron Gordon sweepstakes. He seems to be the big name left because many others seem to be staying put or headed for the buyout market. Uh, it was reported that this is not linked to the Blazers, but it's just some news reported that uh, Andre Drummond is is likely headed to the New York Knicks, which is a weird thing, but because um, they seem to have a lot of centers and are good at the things that he's good at, but whatever. Uh, so another a sort of big name off the list. Uh, it's It's... There might, they're not, I think the fireworks are going to come, but uh, it might not be as wild a draft. It might, or excuse me, a trade deadline as, as it has been. I got NBA draft on the brain after that, after that promo. Uh, it's, but I gave you the news. Now I want to take you inside of what it's like to be a player on, on this, this week, like this, this, these couple of days. Uh, I wrote this story for the, Oregonian in 2017, uh, back when I was working for the newspaper and, and beat writer. And I remember it because the Blazers were in Orlando and they were like, they were good. They weren't going to trade anyone. So what I wanted to know is kind of like, if you are going to be traded or worried you're going to be traded, what's it like to be that? And so I talked to Evan Turner, who um, was part of a, a trade in February of 2014, and he kind of walked me through what it's like. Also, just to like be Evan Turner on 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 the trades or on trade deadline day, but but I think it gives you a sense into like the human element of the trade deadline because um, one thing that always sort of sticks out to me about this is that um, you know the guys on the team like their colleagues for the most part. So when someone gets traded, it is both you know joyous and. Because you maybe you're getting this new fun teammate that's gonna make you know have give you sort of better success, but it's also a goodbye to someone on the roster. I remember when the Blazers uh, traded for Rodney Hood, that Nick Stauskas was at the facility and he walked to every player on on who was out in the practice court at the time. Media was had been let in; it was after practice, and guys were getting shots up. And Nick Stauskas walked over to everyone and gave him like a dap hug, you know, like a high five, and then like a little little pat, you know, fist on the back. But he did it to every guy, and it was like it was emotional. And that was you know, uh, Stauskas never played in the NBA again. Uh, he's he's since suffered a knee injury after playing a little bit in Spain. Like, I don't think he's going to ever play an NBA game again. That was like the moment his NBA career was ending. And he had to come to terms with that as the Blazers got a guy in Rodney Hood who like, you know, 
change their fortunes in the in the postseason. But there's a human element to this. There's the human element of trades is like is like a real bummer. So, but Evan Turner, in a way that only Evan could, kind of walked me through what it was be what it was like to be traded in back in uh, 2014. At the time he played for the Sixers, they were about to become the process Sixers. At the time, they were um, they were just a they were just a normal team. Um, they were about to tear it all down and be like actively bad. But they had a bunch of NBA players at the time, um, and Turner like knew he was going to be traded. And he was joking with me at the time that uh, they were selling his jersey for fifty percent off like mid season, so he knew he was going to get traded. And he had showed up in the morning at the facility, and they had already traded Spencer Hawes. And he's like, "Man." I can smell it in the air. I know I'm next. Uh, so then he went through what he remembered at the time was a, a Brett Brown two-hour practice. And I guess Brett Brown was like just infamous for these like super hard and long practices. And Turner jokes, he was like, it was just straight running. And then he goes over and like checks his phone and he's he's like, have I been traded yet? What the hell? And he still hasn't been traded. So he's like, all right, screw it. I'll just hang around the facility because there's no reason to like go home and be anxious. Like at least if he's at the facility, he can like do stuff, keep his keep his brain and body occupied. So he lifted some weights. He got up shots. He said he took like 300 or 400 jumpers. Just like get just getting shots up, getting shots up, checking the phone, see, see what the deal is. And there's like, so then there's no training. There's no trade news. So he heads into the training room. He's hanging out with the uh, Sixers equipment manager, Dan Roski. And he's like, all right, it's almost three o'clock. I'm waiting for this deadline to pass. Let's make it happen. Let's let's get out of here. And um, clock strikes three, and turns like, cool. I'm heading home. He um, he didn't think this, that was going to happen, but he's like, all right, peace, see ya. And Roski at the time was like, eh, we'll see, man. And so as soon as he gets into his car, he <laughs> he gets a call from his agent, David Falk, at the time, and and or a text, and Falk says, call me. He just been traded. And Turner being Evan Turner, was pissed <laughs> because he was going from a bad team, like a really bad Philly team. They're about to not be in the playoffs and he was going to go on summer vacation. He said he had a trip planned to Bora Bora. He was going to go, you know, bask in the in the, in the the warm sands, hang out by the beach, you know, do stuff that you can do when you're a millionaire with a bunch of, with, you know, a bunch of free time. You don't make the playoffs. You get a bunch of free time in the NBA. You make the playoffs, a little compensable, little, uh, you know, quick, quick turnaround. But if you don't make the playoffs, that's, that's 10 extra weeks that you get to kind of chill. Turner's looking forward to it, right? Going to Bora Bora. Instead, he got traded to the Pacers, who made the Eastern Conference Finals, but Turner didn't play. Like, he, that deal was him going, it was like a three-way deal where the Pacers traded Danny Granger and got Evan Turner, but Turner didn't, he never fit. He was like too much of an overlap with, with Deshaun Stevenson. Turner's a weird player. So like trying, you know, he's, he's kind of just like a big, a big point guard. And they, they kind of had other guys who handled the ball. So he did, he just didn't, it didn't fit on that team on Frank Vogel's team. So he didn't play. He was like, he was, um, you know, he was out, he was out of the rotation and they, and they made the East conference finals. They made a deep run. And, um, he he said it he said it you know it kind of ruined his free agency because he 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 didn't look good playing with the pacers and if he'd gone straight into free agency he might have been uh he he might have made some money instead he got a little two year deal with the celtics kind of revived his career and the blazers gave him 70 million dollars i love that story because evan turner is he's just great with little details like hanging out in the training room getting up 300 jumpers dreaming about going you know he's calling his he's calling his his people to set up the plans you know get a villa in bora bora and it doesn't work out for him and he's like that sucked <laughs> like it sucked um but I think that kind of takes you inside that story and the and the Nick, Nick Stauskas story is like 
some of these dudes don't want to change teams. Like Evan Turner didn't want to change teams because he wanted an off season and he wanted to like, he wanted to hit free agency and go like make some money, right? Like he wanted time on the beach and, and make, and go get paid. Instead, he got into a bad situation. It didn't work out for him. and It actually hurt him in free agency. Blazers made up for it though. Gave him 70 million bucks, but, uh, or Stauskas who kind of is like hanging on by his last thread. And then is like salary filler in a trade. And I kind of think about this when I think about like, what's, like Rodney Hood's future, right? Like he might get traded to a place that doesn't want him. And then he's out of the league and he's coming off an Achilles injury and he's been bad this year. And it's like, he's, you know, he's, I don't know if his career's in jeopardy, but it certainly could be at his age and his injury. Like this could be, uh, you know, you just, the league gets younger. There's always more guys coming in and take your spots. Like if you get traded from a good situation to a bad one or a good situation to a place where you're just an asset, just a number to make the books work, you might not be part of their plans. And it might be the end of your career. It might be detrimental to your sort of like short-term or long-term future in the league. It's, there is, there is so much of sort of modern NBA fandom now, which is like where we want to play GM because it's, it's fun to think about salaries and how it all works and how the pieces fit together. It's fun to do the puzzle. But I think when we do that and when we start thinking about assets and future draft picks and salary cap and luxury tax and all this, we forget that there's humans and these humans have wants. So um, it's, I'm not saying like, don't be happy when your team makes a trade because there's a person involved. No, I just, you know, I just, I want to, there is always a human element here and, um, it can get, it can get lost in the scramble of these, of these trade deadline of the trade deadline fund. Like, I think it's fun. Like it's a fun week, right? It's a fun week when, when teams, you know, go all in or other teams, you know, kind of change the direction. Like it's fun. I love the league, right? I'm not, I love this stuff too, but, uh, but there is, there are, there are humans who who get who have to move their families and move and move their move their careers and all these things. Like it's um, it is it is broader than just the cap sheet, and I think we get caught up in the cap sheet. So I hope talking about Nick Stauskas and a little bit about Evan Turner is a just you know a brief reminder that that humans will be traded tomorrow. Humans will have new jobs and new cities with you know new coworkers and new bosses, etc. All right, like I said, short shelf life. Might as well hit publish on this bad boy. Uh, come back tomorrow because the trade deadline's going to happen. The Blazers are going to play a basketball game in Miami. Uh, we'll get you covered with all of that. What happens when the Blazers start to the road trip? What happens in the future of what's going to happen? Or what? You know, look ahead to the rest of the road trip. What happened in the league? What happened if the Blazers did anything? We'll react to all of it. So make sure you come back tomorrow because this podcast ain't going anywhere. I'm just going to have a I'm going to have a new one for you with a little bit longer of a shelf life. So listen to this one. Tell your friends about it. They can get where, they can get it wherever they already get podcasts. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.